Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, this is Michael Turek, and you're listening to Zero Dark Nerdy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another amazing episode of Zero Dark Nerdy, the world's most notorious pop culture podcast. The filthiest of the filthy! This is your boy, Brian, a.k.a. El Nino. And before we get into our episode with our very special guest today, I do want to give some shout outs out there to a few of our sponsors. Of course, the Believe Podcast Network, the podcast network for for professionals and betonline.ag. We cannot forget Four Saints Brewing out in Asheboro, North Carolina. If you cannot make it out to Asheboro, they are in local supermarkets and stores across the Carolinas. So be sure to hit up their website. The website is foursaintsbrewing.com. Spell out the number four, and it'll lead you to where your closest store is to get their incredibly, incredibly tasty products. So without further ado, we have back. It's it's been a while. It's been it's been a couple of years. I know we did the uh, the food tasting demo over at Stumbles before that. It was right after uh, it was right after season one of Ozark wrapped up, and then we're getting ready uh, to get into season two. So the one, the only Michael Torek in the building. Hey, yeah, man. Thanks for having me. It's such an honor to be back. Hey, man, it's so, so good to have you back. And especially when you're in town, we definitely got to have you back in the studio over here. So when I hit you up today to join me on the podcast, you said you're in Atlanta. I figure you're probably there for work. So I know you probably can't say everything you're getting into, but what have you been up to? I know it's been a couple of years since you've been on. So what have you been up to as far as film, stage, the whole nine yards? A couple of years. I think it's been four uh, yeah, it was definitely season one. It was definitely Pretty season close. one. Season one yeah, we did stumble in tasting. It was about yeah. it was about two years ago. But regardless, uh, you know, I mean, aside from COVID, like everybody else, and that right. sort of occupied the last year and a half of my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, this so this has been a, a pretty good year career wise. It all kind of started to take head and uh, uh, really come just take steam. That's what I wanted to say. Take steam uh, in July. And uh, I booked a role on a show. See, this is where I get a little weird or interesting sure. about the whole NDA thing because I don't think I'm officially allowed to tell you what it is right? without permission from the network. Okay. Yet the network has already released it on IMDb as to what I'm currently working on. So really what I've been telling people is, is that I've, I'm finally working on a show that was at one time the most popular show on television. Uh, it has since maybe or maybe not jumped the shark, depending on your your viewership of it. Yet it has still got a huge cult following, uh, and it may or may not be in its last season. So, uh, yeah. So I'm working on that. Super excited to be working on that. I've been trying to get on this show for a really long time since I moved to North Carolina from New York. Uh, but the last year and a half, two, three, four years, I mean, aside from, well, you know what? I did boss level. Right. Uh, with Frank Grillo and Mel Gibson and Gronkowski. And we had talked about doing, coming on and talking about that. But that was just, that was a crazy experience. If for no other reason than I got to hang out with Rashad Evans and Rampage Jackson, you know, like right. MMA guys, they were nuts and just really fun to hang out with. Uh, there was uh, uh, Harriet was in there. 
Okay. Uh, small little part in, in the movie Harriet. Uh, a couple of other things uh, in honor of, of Halloween. I got to work on uh, this this horror movie called Hellfest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they even created a meme about me, which was a lot of fun. Uh, but, you know, aside from that COVID, it's really been uh, it's been hanging out with my family and, and really enjoy, you know, as tough as that's been, I think, for everybody. Right. Just societally, it's been really amazing sort of having that time with my kids uh, and and just trying to navigate that together. Right. Was a, that was a lot. Like I covered a lot of things in one film. Oh, no. Sorry about that. Yeah, you, you did. You did fantastic. And you know, we're for- back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on for another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for the All Pro and college football action this season. With an updated new site interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Fantastic. And, you know, for, for a lot of you that may ha- not have listened to the episodes of Michael's been on, he, he, he comes from our background, you know, service industry, Greensboro, yeah. native ish. I, I know that you moved down here, uh, you know, like, like we all did. We all just kind of, I don't want to say got stuck in Greensboro, but the Greensboro is our home and a home that, that we cherish. And we like to applaud and support those that are coming up in the arts. And I mean, between triad stage and everything else you've been doing, you know, you, you've had our 100% support since day one, just getting to know you and meet you. And I know we talked about boss level a a little bit, and I know you can't talk too much in the detail about the next project you're in, even though you, you gave out some good light, you know, Easter eggs Ah. out there. Yeah. You're in Atlanta, final season called following. I get it. I'm not going to say anything to, to, to blow up the spot over there, but as far as, you know, upcoming projects that you have coming up next that you could speak about, are there any? And then besides that, talk to us a little bit about just, just COVID in general, you know, you literally nailed down the head as far as getting ready, you know, spending time with family. I mean, that was, as, as much as last year sucked, the one thing I enjoyed the most out of it was the fact that I got to work 100% remote and spend probably more time with my daughter than I had my entire life, especially coming up in the service industry mm-hmm. and then working a nine to five and then with the podcast and everything else. And then for you, I'm sure it's the same, you know, coming up as an actor and, you know, being on the road and things like that. So, you know, just kind of talk about a little bit about just enjoying the family life and uh, and going from there. Uh, yeah, well, to your first question, uh, there are a couple of things coming up that I can talk about. There was a great series with Jeff Daniels and Moira Tierney going to Showtime called American Rust. Oh, yeah, I've been uh, seeing the previews for that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've got a really small role in that, you know, and it was interesting because that sort of piggybacks off of the, the COVID thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, right before COVID hit, I booked a really awesome role on this DC comics show called Doom Patrol. Yeah. Uh, Great walk on guest star spot. I mean, we had a blast for the two weeks that we were on air and, or that we were on set. And then that had sort of opened the doors to a bunch of other things. And then like everybody, I had sort of my COVID misses, you know, things lined up that were gonna happen and then COVID hit and everything shut down. Uh, and I, you know, and I look at this industry as a whole and I'm just thinking, well, I'm so thankful and glad that it's all coming back. Um, but it really was, you know, it took me about six months to really, uh, 
appreciate and articulate, oh, I've got this extra time with my kids. I should really get to know them because not only did I have to all of a sudden transition all of the classes that I taught to online, I now had to learn to be a teacher to my children. And I didn't go to school to be an elementary school teacher. I went to school to be an actor and an acting teacher. So yeah. So that was a bit of a that was a bit of a, a headache at first, but I think once that we sort of established some ground rules, it was really kind of amazing. Just you know, having that time, you, you hear people all the time talk about uh, you know, oh, don't you know, don't waste your time with the kids, and it'll be gone before you know it, and they're gonna learn how to drive, and the next thing you know, they're in college and they're married and they're out of the house, and you look back and you go, oh, what happened with all this time with my kids? And right. Uh, that was a nice sort of reminder of like, oh, I've got this time. Let's let's enjoy it, you know. And, and I'd be lying to you if I told you that wasn't without its stresses and its headaches sure. and its frustrations. But uh, uh, that was that was an amazing, just an amazing time that that I think is is great. And then you know, and then coming out of that, coming back to what's coming up, I I got an offer of a part in this really small movie from a local Greensboro filmmaker and. Uh, and it was a straight to offer part. And I, so I agreed to do it because I hadn't done anything in like a year and a half because of COVID. And I also wasn't getting any auditions when it slowly started to ramp back up. It took a while for that to pick up for me. Yeah. And so I agreed to do this part. And then from there, I got this small part in Rust, which I normally would have turned down two years ago just because of where the career was at. But I was talking to my team, you know, my manager and my agent, and they were like, oh, I think that you should probably just go do the job. and get back into the swing of things. And then, you know, that led to the thing I'm on now. Uh, it led to another opportunity that I think I'm shooting in December called Wilkes County line that they're going to shoot down in Wilkes County. And it's about the birth of NASCAR from the running of moonshine and it's right. a comedy and it's hysterical. And I get to play this crazy, uh, Scottish moonshiner. And so there's, there's a lot of good things now coming I, for me. And I hope for all of us out of COVID, yeah. As we start to uh, as we start to turn the corner. Right. So I uh, wrote a couple of short films that we're going to produce and shoot, I think, next year. Nice. So it's been it's been good. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So so speaking of the short films, is this something that that you're doing on your own as far as your own production company? Or did you have like kind of, you know, some people that were backing you since you got into the industry? Like, talk about that a little bit. Oh, you know, it's a little bit of both. Uh, okay. I've always, I've always delusionally fashioned myself as a writer, yeah. but never really knew what I was doing. Uh, and uh, a friend and colleague of mine uh, named Emily Emerson wrote this ten-minute play uh, that I saw a reading of, and I was like, "Wow, that'd make a really good short film." And so I reached out to her and I said, "Hey, officially, can I option the rights to your play? I'd like to adapt it to a short film." And she said yes. And so I wrote that sent it to her she liked it and then i reached out to some you know as we've already talked about some really solid local greensboro filmmakers and actors and i said hey here's this movie that i want to shoot and uh, the guy that i brought on to direct it said hey this is great but i don't want to shoot it like a standard movie let's do it like a one shot okay so i had to rewrite the script to reflect a single setting uh straight through it was seven pages and we staged it like a play and we rolled camera and we and we shot through the whole thing and we did about five takes and ended up getting one that we really liked. And so hopefully that comes out uh, soon. I'm still we're still in, in post production. But as as far as uh, 
your question, it's, I've always had a production company just in right. case I want to do different things. It's never really been a focus of mine. Sure. Uh, but there's another short film that I've written and, and have brought on another writer and director that he's, so we're now co-writing. Uh, and that one is based off of the poetry that my best friend in the world wrote. Uh, and as a guy that I've always respected for his artistry and his words and his language. And I was really inspired one day by this poem that he wrote. Uh, just about a struggling factory worker going into work, punching in at 8 a.m. every day. And I thought, oh, you know, what happens What happens to, to a man in life who loses the side of his artistry because of the necessities of life? Right. Uh, and so I wrote this short film kind of based on that. And we're going to shoot that in March, I think. So I'm looking forward to it. No matter how fast you are, no one outruns their past. Vin Diesel returns for the ninth chapter of the worldwide blockbuster series in F9, The Fast Saga. Also starring John Cena, own F9, The Fast Saga, with the never-before-seen director's cut and all-new bonus content on 4K, UHD, and Blu-ray, and digital. In regards to that, for, for those of us that are just curious as far as the process goes, I, I figure a lot of times you, you don't have... You know, it's not already backed by by Netflix, HBO Max, however it goes. So how how does that? <laughs> yeah, you're like God. I wish. <laughs> so you know, for 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 those out there that are just kind of curious how it works, whether if it's a you know just a short movie or or they're trying to you know, pilot, pilot, yeah, pilot, you know, something like that. Oh. How how does that yeah, yeah. process work as far as when you when you filmed it, you're good, you're very happy with the product. Like how tedious is that? You know, presenting it to the Netflixes of the world, the HBOs, the movie studios, like, you know, cause I, I know it's a grind. A lot of people think, you know, for instance, uh, obviously that the biggest name right now in, in, in pretty much uh, streaming is, is squid game. And this guy, it took him 10 years. Yeah. I'm on thing. episode three. Right. Oh yeah. I will, I will not spoil it for you. <laughs> so, uh, no, I'm like, but, yeah, uh, I love it. Yeah. It took, it took uh, them 10 years to get this thing, you know, made. So yeah. a lot of people need to understand like, look, this isn't like an overnight thing. And I just would love to hear your experience when it comes to something that you're so passionate about. And then the process of, all right, so how do we get this to the screen? Right. There's, you know, that's, there's that great Seneca, Seneca quote um, that uh, luck is when preparation meets opportunity mm -hmm. and so i think that it's just the idea of living truthfully to your art and doing anything that you can to constantly create your own content and have it ready and get it and get it out there when you can uh, you know i gotta tell you brian to specifically answer your question i have no idea because <laughs> right. this is the first thing i've ever really produced okay right so this yeah. this short little film that we just shot four weeks ago uh we shot for zero budget yeah and it was just a bunch of filmmakers and actors getting together to make a movie and see what we could create. Yeah. Now, we have a plan for it, and that plan will be a festival plan, getting it out to festivals. And if people like it and it gets some traction, then really projects like that, like short films, are really designed to get you noticed by those studio people so that they then go, oh, hey, we really liked what you did here. Wow. Do you have anything else that you're working on? What can we help you with? Sure. Right. Uh, but as far as like getting a network show on television, dude, that's, you know, good luck. I, yeah. I wish you, anyone out there listening, if you know how to do it, let me know because <laughs> I've got plenty of friends that are writing specs for television shows that could totally have their foot in the door. But, uh, 
You know, do yeah, I just like to think about it as just if an opportunity presents itself for you, right. be ready to go. Yeah. And, right. and that's awesome too, because you're doing it with passionate people. And I, I, I'm a firm believer when you're passionate about something, it comes across on the screen, it comes across on the microphone. And I, I'm not saying that it works every single time, but you know, for someone like yourself, who's, you know, such a great, great person. And if you have your heart and soul into it, I do believe like good things come out of it. I mean, I've seen little bitty two minute shorts become full length horror movies. You know, so yeah. where it, it, it's crazy how uh, it goes out there. And, and someone like my daughter, 20 year old uh, college student, at UNCW, who goes to film school, I'm always telling her, like, look, you you never know. You know, you may not think it's right. perfect, but did you try your best on it? Well, yeah, Dad, I did. OK, well, get it out there. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. You just you got to keep you just got to put it out there and hope. Right. And and if it if it doesn't hit or it takes 10 years to hit like squid game or whatever at least you put yourself out there and you have the knowledge and the and the pride of going you know what i i i i for lack of a better phrase i exposed myself i was vulnerable <laughs> i showed you my art uh i hope that you liked it and if not oh well i'm going to keep creating uh and keep and keep grinding yeah as you should as you should brother so, so we are in the month of uh, October. We got Halloween amongst us here and we will be asking guests as the month, month goes on, you know, as far as favorite horror movies, TV shows, things like that. So when it, when, and then not, not just so much horror, but just Halloween-ish, you know, what are, what are some of your things, whether growing up or even now that you're just passionate about, whether if it's movies, TV shows that are, you know, Halloween slash horror based, like what, what are some things that you're just truly, truly passionate about? Uh, well, candy. First and <laughs> I got to say the candy. Uh, you know, I did a little research and I looked at some stuff because I didn't want to come into this unprepared and just <laughs> flying off the cuff because I thought about this, too. I was like, man, what do I what do I like? You know, and, the, and the, the reality of it is, is that I don't I'm not a huge fan of that sort of slasher, you mm. know, saw. Uh, those that bloody genre type of Halloween movies. I remember when I thought about this, I, man, I was always freaked out and I loved like The Exorcist. The original Exorcist was my fate, one of my favorite films growing up as a kid. Yeah. And I really liked to be scared as a, as a kid, uh, but I was really more of that psychological thriller yeah. kind of kind of, I was into that sort of genre. Uh, and I think The Exorcist had a nice balance of that you know like I'll, I'll never forget that clip of the the old woman crawling across the ceiling on the top of just every time it scared me right and things of that nature and i can't remember for whatever reason i don't know why but i have this thought in my head that it was the sequel to the ring mm -hmm. when the ring mm -hmm. came out we all went to go see it we were living in new york my wife now our, our best friends in new york we all went to go see the ring and the movie freaked us out and my wife has to go see scary movies during the day because she has okay. to know that it's light outside when we leave the theater uh, but we went to go see the second one and i was like man this is the worst movie i have ever seen <laughs> and i think that it just sort of turned me off to that whole sort of genre but yet all my friends somebody just sent me the request like you should watch this movie and I, I should have written it down, but I can't remember what it is. Uh, but I, you know, like I, I mentioned earlier that I, I was in Hellfest. Yeah. And I, I haven't watched it because I, I heard it's not very good. <laughs> I mean, according to Rotten Tomatoes and the things, it was a meh. And some of my filmmaker friends in, in North Carolina that have watched it have gone, meh. 
But uh, you know, I I like uh, like that sh- that show you. Yeah, that's on Netflix. The psychological thrillers. Uh, I was a big fan of of the Twilight Zone growing up as a kid. Uh, which then I started to watch. Uh, my students that I teach love Black Mirror, mm-hmm. so I watch a I'll watch an episode or two of Black Mirror here and there. Um, the funny thing though is, is that I never like finished the series or anything like that. Like I started yeah. Mr. Robot, but I think I got like maybe six or seven episodes in and then got yeah. distracted by it. So, uh, yeah, that's it. Those are my those are my preferences. Uh, what was that? Creep Show. Remember Creep Show? Oh, oh yes, like the original Creep Show. That was a good one. What was the one? There was one uh, Cat's Eye. Remember that movie Cat's Eye with Drew mm-hmm. Barrymore? Yep. Where the yep. cat crawled up. I still like don't. I don't like cats today because like I don't like them when they see my crawl <laughs> up and sucking the soul out. out of my mouth. But was it was it the movie Creep Show where the guy like got infested with cockroaches and yes. the cockroaches started to come up? Yeah. So that. That to this day, that is the one insect that I am absolutely like phobic over are cockroaches. I can handle anything other than creepy crawl, but I see a cockroach and I'm just like, oh, I can't. No, thank you. No, thank you. All because of (laughs) that original creep show. I'm the same way. And and again, just like you said, I'm I'm a huge fan of the creep show. Uh, One and, you know, two was wasn't the greatest. I really like the raft. But besides that, Creep Show Two failed on that. But I thought Creep Show One was was absolutely amazing. So you mentioned candy. I mean, candy <laughs> is the best part about Halloween. Now, do you have like maybe like a top two, three favorite just all time candy bars? Whether if you're trick or treating or just in general, like even just movie candy that you just got to have. Oh, see, well then you're getting into a whole bunch of different genres there, right? <laughs> so my so since you asked movie, my favorite movie candy of all time is Dots. Okay. Followed closely by a hot tamale. Okay. That's the movie candy. Uh, my go-to candy of choice is anything by Reese's. All right. All right. The peanut right. butter cups, the sticks. Like I love the Reese's sticks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and now they can't, they, they could stuff that thing with anything and I'd probably eat it. <laughs> so, you know, pretzels and more Reese's and triple stuffed Reese's and all that stuff is amazing. Uh, and I'm a big sucker for sweet and salty. Okay. Okay. Together. Like I love to make uh, my own homemade chocolate covered pretzels at the holidays. All right. So, so yeah. So I love that's those are those. There's that's three. I gave you three. There you go. No, that's good. Yeah. And, and if you're in town for Halloween, we're, I'm definitely coming by for the uh, chocolate covered. <laughs> so you gotta wait till Thanksgiving for that Halloween. I'll just probably give you some cheap candy bars or some Smarties <laughs> or something like that. There you go. Yeah, I usually go those, those uh, knockoff cootie rolls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the I'm the cheap neighbor. Even though when I was younger, we would purposely go to the rich neighborhoods to get the king size or even the regular size candy bars. But besides that, when you're in a regular neighborhood, you're just hoping for some candy, and you're not hoping to get the person that gives you toothbrushes and like right? candied apples. <laughs> so. I, uh, well, you know, and I'm old enough, and I don't know if you're old enough to remember, but I'm old enough to remember back when you were allowed to give away homemade goods. Like we yeah. had, we had, we had houses in our neighborhood that would give away homemade popcorn balls and homemade caramel covered apples and and homemade, ch- and it was amazing. And then there was that one moment, and I don't know what it was in the '80s. Somebody decided that they were going to put razor blades in candy bars and. Yep. And, and inject chocolate with poison. And then it became all about checking each individual wrapper and all this stuff. And now this year, my wife's talking about 
individually wiping every piece of candy with a Clorox wipe before my kids can open up the bag and eat it. Uh, and I was like, okay, if it's not one thing, it's another. And that's okay. <laughs> Cause at least the kids finally get to go trick or treating. Right. Right. It's just, we're just going to have to clean all the candy before, uh, right. Yeah. Regardless of what science says, but no. Yeah. So, uh, I, you know, I, I loved trick or treating as a kid going out and we had a good time. There you go. So, so speaking of trick or treating, do you have a, a, a just a favorite all time costume that you've ever worn, whether younger as, as a dad now? Like, you know, what what are some of your top two, three favorite costumes you've ever had? Uh, I remember the year that I really, and this was when I was a kid. I really wanted to go as Blinky, the okay. Red Ghost from Pac Man. Yeah. But the best that we could come up with was a dyed sheet, and I ended up looking pink. And so I had to go as the pink ghost, even though, and I got and I got teased because everyone thought I was playing the girl ghost, and I was like, no, I'm Blinky the red ghost, but the red didn't come out very well. Right. Uh, I don't know why that sticks in my head, but I tell you, my favorite Halloween costumes ever were always as a bartender, especially okay. bartending on Halloween. Yeah. Uh, and my favorite one, I two, one year I took a big uh, planter. A patio garden planter, uh-huh. you know, and I cut the bottom out of it and I strapped it to me, like with overalls, and then I okay. lined the whole thing with greenery and I went as a potted plant. Nice. So that was fun. But then my other one, my favorite one, one year was I just wore the traditional all black as a bartender, and I took socks and underwear and maybe maybe some of my wife's unmentionables, and I showed them all over my clothes. And I put a dryer sheet in my back pocket for irony, and I win a static cling. I like that. I've never yeah. seen the static cling one. That was that was my favorite bartenders because it was it was funny, right? And right. I was and I was mobile behind yeah. the bar on a busy night, so so it worked yeah. out pretty well. And that's the thing. A lot a lot of people don't realize that there, as you know, two former bartenders here, you have to pick something that that's funny, but also that isn't going to weigh you down. And yes. make you sweat more than you already are running across a pack bar. Because we already know Halloween is one of like the three, as we like to call it, bar tourist holidays to where people that don't oh, normally wow. come out, you know, New Year's Eve is one, St. Patty's is two, Halloween is right there at three. And yep. you just want to make sure you don't want to go too far all out to get weighed down and have the makeup dripping off of you. But you still want to look good enough to make tips and get a good laugh. <laughs> you, do you have one? What's your favorite? Um, for for a few years though, I did the uh, I did the Clark Kent, which was just uh, you know the white shirt, and then I had it pinned so you could see the Superman shirt underneath. Oh, nice. And, uh, a friend of mine taught me to put like a like a clo- uh, um, a clothes hanger, you know, one of the ones you get from like the dry cleaners, to put it yeah. into the tie to make it look like it's flapping in the wind. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I did just like the black hat with a little press sign on it. So that was my go-to for a few years because it's just comfortable to work in. I don't have to do too much. Uh, besides that, as, as I got older, I, I decided to get a little bit smarter with some of my outfits. Beside, uh, there was one when I was a little bit younger. I was Jules from Pulp Fiction. And really just the hottest thing about that outfit, because it was just a white shirt, blood splatter, black tie, black pants. But then I had a an Afro cut out, you know, just like jewels. And I right. literally went to great clips and had my friend cut the Afro down the size. Cause it, it was oh, like one of the ones you get at party city, you know, like yeah. a huge one. And I just remember sitting in that chair 
And luckily at that point, the the cameras on cell phones, I don't even know if there were cameras on cell phones at this point, because this was about 2002, 2003. So even if there were, they weren't great, but just people just kind of sitting there at great clips. Like, what is this guy doing here? Getting his face yeah, on the size. I love that. But yeah, as I got older, I just try to be more conventional with it. And it's not just bartending, just honestly, in general, when it comes to trick or treating or even going to conventions and cosplaying, I'm a big fan of wearing the average Joe's outfit from dodgeball that, that always gets a good little kick at New York comic-con and and just random stuff here and there. But yeah, my, I guess you could say my bartending go-to would probably be the Clark Kent with just the, the white shirt, the Superman shirt underneath it. And then not the Cape, but just the tie kind of flapping in the wind and then the press app. Yeah. I need to find, you know, it's, I've lost I don't want to say that I've lost my joy for Halloween. Obviously, COVID has dampered a lot. I mean, a lot of it for everybody, right? But I just remember, man, growing up, we used to do crazy stuff for Halloween. Like we would, one year we turned my garage into a maze Mm -hmm. and and the kids would have to walk through the maze and, you know, stick their hand in the spaghetti for brains and peel grapes for eyeballs and and we do all that stuff. And, And we, we, I live now in a really popular neighborhood where the kids from all over Greensboro like come and they park and they walk through Adams Farm for trick or treating. Right. But we're on the other side of the Adams Farm Parkway. So we, and we're in a circle and we don't get a lot of foot traffic. Uh-huh. Uh, and nobody on our circle celebrates Halloween. Oh. But ever since. So, but you know, having kids, as you know, is hard and yeah. it's, and I'm tired all the time. <laughs> um, but now that they're getting older, I'm hoping to maybe sort of get back in. Like we just now, like in the last two years started to decorate the house and every year it gets a little more decked out for Halloween. And, you know, last year we added this screaming mat that every time you stepped on our front mat, it would scream at you and the kids just, and seeing their love and their joy for it is starting to bring it back for me. And so I'm looking forward to that one day when I go, Hey son, let's build a maze in our garage and, and do some crazy stuff and get all goofied out and be silly for this one day. Cause it's a great excuse to do it. So why not? You know, where can people find you in terms of social media, website, uh, yeah. YouTube, Instagram, all that fun stuff. Uh, so it's the easy. It's just Michael Turek. It's just uh, T-O-U-R-E-K at you pick social media site from there. The website is michaelturek.com. Uh, the Instagram is at Michael Turek. The Twitter is at Michael Turek. The Facebook page is at Michael Turek. The Facebook actor page, I think, is the only one that is Mike Turek because for whatever reason, Facebook won't let you use the same name for your personal account and your professional account, which I think is silly. Um, but uh, the best place to follow me and figure out what's going on is Instagram. That's okay. the one I use the most. Uh, and the website. And and I will tell you just uh, as another sh- sh- selfless Shameless. That's hard to say back to back. Selfless, <laughs> shameless plug. Uh, there will be some uh, grassroots campaigning going on to raise money for this short film that we're shooting uh, next year in the spring because uh, we're really looking to do this one upright and put a little money behind it. We've got some amazing local uh, filmmakers and artists involved in the development of it, and we'll release all that, those names and that team when it's time. And uh, you know, really looking to hit the festival circuit with that. But yeah, at Michael Turek is the easiest way to find me. Awesome. Awesome. And please, like, keep us in mind when it comes to the grassroots campaign. You know, we love supporting local. 
We love having you on. Oh, absolutely. Anything yeah, you can thanks, do man. to help out. We'll, we will blast it all over the website, all the events. That's the great thing about the world, at least opening back up a little bit now, is getting out there and meeting our, our fans and just having these events and you know, movie premiere parties, this, any other, which we would love to have you involved with whenever you're in town. So everybody just, you know, hang tight, listen up. We do have some stuff planned. We just got to make sure, you know, once we get past all what's been going on, <laughs> we'll, we'll right. do it. So not to get too political. We're not a political podcast. I, I love everybody and I want everybody to be okay. So once we feel it's okay to, to start promoting events without having to have all kinds of different restrictions and whatnot, we'll go from there. But in the meantime, though, anything we can do to support you, Mike, and of course the, uh, the, the short, the short film, the projects, whatever, please never hesitate to ask. So again, big thank you to Michael Torek out there. Going to throw him some air horns. Yeah, thanks, man. Of course. Hang out with us for just a second. As always, big shout outs to Believe Podcast Network, betonline.ag for all your online sports betting purposes. And of course, our good friends at Four Saints Brewing in Asheboro, North Carolina. FourSaintsBrewing.com is the website. Good beer for good people. If you can't make it to Asheboro, check out the website. I guarantee you there's probably a spot, maybe 10, 20 miles max near you that sells some of their delicious beers. And uh, on behalf of everybody from Zero Dark Nerdy, we'll catch you next time. Peace. Victory! And anger management? Fuck anger management. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.